Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook. It's good to be together once more. Christian Basics, the series continues. We're looking at the Bible's teaching about the local church in our Christian Basics series with Dr John Hall. In previous programmes, John Hall showed us the Bible only ever uses the name church for the people of God, those who've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy his forgiveness. It's never used of a building or even its ministers, but always of the people who follow Christ. We've also seen how the Bible teaches all believers wherever possible to meet together with other followers of Christ in local churches, in our town or village or neighbourhood. Last time here on Serving Today, John Hall gave us a list of six things each local church should be doing. The first and perhaps most obvious is that we should worship God. And the second really comes out of that because it's the teaching of the truth of the Word of God, the Bible. Well, we're now going to look at the other items in John's list and we begin with what John called the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Each local church is responsible to ensure that these ordinances are carried out in accordance with the teaching of the Bible. We'll be looking at these in more detail later in this series, but when Derek French spoke with John for us, he began by asking him if he could simply remind us where these are taught in the Bible. Yes, Derek, it's just a brief mention for the sake of completion as we're looking at the function of the local church. We shall look at them in the final programmes of this series. The text on baptism that you can look up, listener, is Matthew 28 and verse 19. And on the Lord's Supper, read 1 Corinthians 11, verses 17 to 34. Well, John, perhaps we can go on then to the next in your list, fellowship. That's another essential part, of course, Mm. of local church life and activity, and and it's a great benefit. But what is actually meant by the biblical term? And could I also add, in what ways can we foster this fellowship in our own churches? The word fellowship means sharing, having things in common, participating together in them. It's more than just being together and chatting together. It's a sharing of spiritual things together, encouraging, helping each other grow in Christ and helping each other to serve Christ. If you could please read Acts 2.42, Derek. This is referring to those early Christians. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It's lovely that they devoted themselves to this fellowship, isn't it? It is indeed, because they enjoyed being with each other and learning about Christ. In Acts 2, as you know, Derek, we've seen in previous programmes, these verses show a very good structure of what early church life was like and should still be like. In fellowship, each Christian is a member of Christ's body and they serve as part of Christ's body. And so they're meant to build each other up as they share the gifts that Christ has given and the insights from God's word that God has given to them. And so the whole body is built up in Christ. Perhaps you could read for us Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From him, that is Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. 
As we speak to each other, Paul later on in Ephesians 4 says we're to avoid unhelpful speech and we're to speak to each other what others need to hear in order to bring grace to help them live for Christ. That's most important that we we don't just run on chatting about ourselves but we think of what is going to help other people in this fellowship and then we speak to them those sort of words which bring grace into their lives and benefit them. Perhaps we could look at Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The whole attitude of heart which will help this spiritual fellowship is to be one where we other people-centred, where we love other people, where we're forgiving towards other people. For instance, he goes on in Ephesians 4.32, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then in Ephesians 5 and verse 1 and 2, he speaks of being imitators of God, living a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And so fellowship is having spiritual things in common and sharing them. What fosters fellowship is a Christ-like spirit, where we speak what's good, where we forgive each other, where we love each other and are like Christ towards each other. John, you also mentioned something which might at first seem to be something unpleasant, and that is that the local church needs to exercise discipline. Now, That always sounds negative, but Mm. would we be right to say that there's a positive side to it as well as as that and and that both are to be exercised in the local church? Yes, Derek, there's obviously a negative side and a positive side. The negative side is that it protects the gathered church from error and dishonour. The positive side is that the aim of discipline is to correct, to restore the one who has gone away from the truth or is living in some immoral way to warn them, to rebuke them, to correct them and bring them back to repentance so that they can again function as part of the church. So it has a good function of preserving and encouraging and restoring. So how then do we approach the more difficult side of this discipline when someone needs to be corrected for doing wrong? Because if we're going to restore them, often when people are rebuked, they rebel against that, don't they? Initially, Mm. our own hearts do. They do. Well, Derek, Jesus outlines the procedure in Matthew 18, verses 15 to 18. He says that if you have a problem with a brother, try and sort it out between the two of you. Now, if that fails, take one or two others so it's clear as to, you have witnesses as to what is happening. If that fails, then you enlist the help of the church, perhaps its elders and the church meeting. And if the person then fails to listen to the church, that person should no longer be a church member, but viewed and treated as not being a church member. Derek, perhaps you could read that section in Matthew 18, starting at verse 15, please. Yes, and these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If a brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So discipline 
is meant to sort the problems out in order to restore. If it fails to restore, then the person has got to be treated as a non-Christian. Very searching again, isn't it, John? Mm. The other essential part of local church life that you mentioned is evangelism, our commitment to mission. Remind us of some of the passages that outline this responsibility for us, John. Yes, Derek, we have a glorious message for the whole world. The Creator God has sent His Son to live and die for sinners so that sinners the world over might find forgiveness and new life in Christ. You remember how the risen Lord commissioned His disciples before He ascended in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, which Derek will read to us. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. What a vast task for local churches to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them and teaching them. But God is with us, the Holy Spirit is with us, the Lord Jesus Christ is with us through the Holy Spirit, and it's got to be done to the very end of the age. So it was not just for the disciples, but right up to the end of the age until Christ comes again. Local churches are to be involved in mission, to make disciples of all nations, to teach them to obey what Jesus has said, which is what Derek and I are doing, listening now on this radio program, seeking to reach out with this message and to teach Christians and to bring the gospel to others. Derek, please read Romans 1, 16 and 17. Yes, this is Paul's own testimony. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. You see, this gospel that we have to take out is God's power to save. It's only here in this gospel that God's power to save is found. And so we Christians in our churches must take it out. Paul writes something similar in Romans 10, 13 to 17. He says, well, how can they hear without a preacher? And Derek's going to read that for us now. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So you see what Paul is teaching there. If you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But in order to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, you need to believe in him. Therefore, you must hear about him. Faith, he says, comes from hearing the message. Therefore, the church's job is to send preachers out into the world with this good news to all the ends of the earth, to every creature. I wonder, listener, is your church taking the gospel out? Are you sending out preachers? Are you sending out the gospel? Are you seeking to spread this gospel in your own locality? But as I close on this section of what the function of the local church is, as we've looked at this gospel, as we've looked at what it is to be saved, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Have you listener been saved? There's no point taking the message out unless you have. You need to call on the name of the Lord and be saved and then take the message out. So we've seen those six functions of the local church. We've seen that uh, the local church's job is to worship God, to preach and teach, to administer the Lord's Supper and baptism, to have fellowship, to exercise discipline, and finally, to take this gospel out in evangelism and mission. Today we've seen that belonging to a local church is a very precious thing. It brings with it both privileges and responsibilities. We need to be able to worship God with others for mutual encouragement and fellowship. We also need to be fed spiritually by regular teaching from the Bible. We need that spiritual encouragement which will keep us in the path of holiness. And there's a privilege of serving the Lord together in taking the gospel to our needy world. Therefore, if we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, being committed to our local church is not only a responsibility which the Lord expects us to take seriously, but it'll be a real source of blessing to enrich our spiritual lives. Well, that brings our time to an end here on Serving Today. This is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God bless you in your service of Christ and his church. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.